This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie removed from frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? I'm waiting. For the real thing to start Hello, and welcome to The Real Thing. I'm your host, Joel Lawrence, and here we are with episode three of The Real Thing. The Real Thing is a podcast that is an extension of Bergen Film Club, which is an independent cinema in Bergen, Norway. The film club's main goal is giving a voice to those who deserve it, revealing insights into unknown cultures around the world, and showing awesome movies, most importantly. In this podcast, I talk about the films included in film club's extensive program of movies. And yet again, we have a really great episode aligned for you. I'm obviously very excited about this. We are talking about the 2016 documentary, uh, tickled uh, which uh, was very controversial it was very interesting and creepy and spooky and true crimey so I'm excited for you all to hear me talk a little bit more about that but also the great guests that we had on this episode as well it has been a rainy week in Bergen as per usual and it's also been a bit of a sleepy week for me personally a lot of time to uh, sit with my thoughts uh, ruminate cook some pasta and, and some other foods and more importantly come up with great recommendations for the listeners of this podcast so let's kick off in classic fashion with some recommendations in way of podcast recommendations just a quick uh, recommendation shout out to a movie podcast called dead meat it is an extension of a youtube channel also called dead meat which does these kill count videos which count the many deaths in numerous horror films if you grew up on the internet you have probably seen this recommended to you at least once but the podcast is hosted by the host of that youtube channel and his wife and they like to get scared together and talk about film and they both studied film so they both provide really good insight into how the film was made and maybe more of an insight into how the plot is good or bad and it's pretty cool so that is my uh, podcast recommendation for the week so that was the Dead Meat podcast, and it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. Next up, I have a TV recommendation. This was recommended to me by Bendik, who was the guest on the last episode. It is the series Red Rose, which is available to stream on Netflix. It is an original British horror drama series exploring the relationships between teenagers and their online lives. It is... Uh, it's following a group of 16-year-olds uh, who have just finished their 16-year-old exams or GCSEs, which which is what it is in England. And one of the girls is uh, kind of falling by the wayside in her friendship group, but then she downloads this app called Red Rose, which seemingly is going to make all of her dreams come true until it starts to control her life. And she, uh, at the same time, becomes more and more obsessed with the app and more ostracized from her friendship group and I've just never really seen a show 
capture firstly what it's like to actually go to an English school. There are so many crap uh, shows out there that show English schools as being like very big or I don't know. I'm I'm talking about sex education. Like that is not what British schools are like at all. I would like people to remove that idea from their brains. But this is like very British and. I think it gets the teenage experience down very well. Talks about mental health brilliantly. The story and the pacing is... You're fully on the edge of your seat the whole time. It's a very creepy premise. And also because it's these poor children sort of caught in this web of lies. It's very... just. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. I ate it up in like three days. So yeah, check that out. That's uh, Red Rose on Netflix. Now for a recommendation type that I have not done before and maybe will never do again. I have been really enjoying the lyrical musings of the artist H. Hawkline. They are a, a Welsh artist who's been known for playing in the band of Caitlin Bon, who is another artist that I love. And I just had to I just had to get it off my chest because I have been I've been streaming the shit out of his body of work over the past like three days. I'm just obsessed and it's just very beautiful, very good. H. Klein, check it out. And lastly, for our film recommendation, I'm not gonna lie, I've watched I've watched a couple films this week and I have not liked any of them, really. I was gonna talk about Don't Worry Darling, I just watched that, but why would I suggest that when I could suggest the five or six films that it just ripped off? Uh but I won't do that because I'm not a hater. I'm not a bad person. So I'm recommending the film Curve from 2015. This is also available on Netflix. I watched it over like three days also. I'm doing a lot of things over these past three days apparently. It follows the story of a woman who's moving to Denver from Los Angeles uh, for her wedding to get married. And whilst she's having some doubts about her wedding, she decides to take a detour and then her car breaks down and she lets this very i have to say very handsome man into her car and uh, things go awry i would say i initially was thinking this was going to be like uh this film called preservation where they a group of people are trapped and have to fight for survival fighting off the enemies or if it's gonna be like the descent with some monsters but in fact it was more akin to 127 hours when the car crashes she i don't know if i said that the car crashes and then she is trapped between the car door and the car seat one of her legs is stuck and then she just has to survive basically for the next few days while the guy is sort of like taunting her and it was just a lot better than i thought it was going to be and it was a really pleasant surprise the acting was pretty stellar and the writing was cool and yeah it was just good like a good survival kind of horror-y type movie so yeah i would say i would say watch that and don't well watch don't worry darling if you want but you know you could watch the matrix you could watch the stepford wives uh you could watch rosemary's baby just uh you know i said i was going to be a hater but i'm going to be a hater because i really didn't like it yeah so that's uh this week's recommendations i would really push red rose because i really really enjoyed it so i think it's like uh a TV series have been struggling to grab my attention recently and this one really engrossed me. So definitely check it out. I'm pushing it again. Red Rose on Netflix. It's great. 
And now for some Bergen Film Club news. Last week we showed Polytechnic and Loves of a Blonde, which were both great. Uh, this week we have two very exciting films. So the first we have, which is on Wednesday, the 1st of March, is the movie Alpha Male. I am really excited to see this. This was uh, the guest of this episode's choice, I believe, and it is cool. Alpha Male, it's uh, about a guy who is convinced by his girlfriend to sign up for a uh, quit smoking course, and he accidentally ends up in a self-development course where he's under the influence of a charismatic leader. Uh, it's an uncompromising black comedy which in a twisted way tells the story of the mechanisms of personal coaching in the modern world in which the most rational person can become insane and fact-manipulating madmen become authorities. So that sounds really cool and I can't wait to see it. Then on Sunday the 5th of March we have Chashme Budur which is a Indian 1981 comedy romance, so rom-com. It is about the story of two womanizers who are surprised when their nerdy friend wins the heart of a beautiful girl. And the rest of the film, they set into motion a wild and devious plot to break them up. So that just sounds like a lot of fun. So definitely check those out. That's Alpha Male on the 1st of March on Wednesday and Shashme Budor on March the 5th on Sunday. Now, I hope that I have tickled your fancy for the rest of the episode. We are talking about the 2016 documentary, Tickled. So yeah, we're talking about the 2016 documentary, Tickled. This uh, documentary is pretty crazy. In not crazy in the way that you think it would be crazy. It's just so much more than that. It is directed by David Faria and Dylan Reeve. Uh, in terms of production, uh, Faria and Reeve raised uh, 30,000 New Zealand dollars on a Kickstarter in June 2014 to fund the movie and to cover the costs of traveling to the United States. So David Faria is a New Zealand reporter who usually focuses on the fun and upbeat stories suddenly encounters videos online of competitive endurance tickling. Young athletic men are restrained, tied down and sort of straddled by the other men and are tickled. Faria begins researching these videos and contacts the listed producer of the videos, Jane O'Brien Media. The company responds with an explosive email says that they refuse to associate with a homosexual journalist, even though he's actually bisexual. Faria, who is then baffled by this response, decides to dig further and deep dive deeper into the mysterious producers and decides to team up with the other television producer, Dylan Reeve. Together, they post a viral blog about these videos and are then legally threatened by Jane O'Brien Media. Kevin Clark and two other representatives from the company are then sent to New Zealand to bully and threaten the reporters into dropping the story and ending the project. Faria and Reeve then followed them back to Los Angeles and just, I would just say just chaos ensues. I don't want to spoil the outcome, but essentially it is uh, a 
very creepy man who is behind all of this called David D'Amato and it's basically about him exploiting very young men 18, 19, 20 because he is addicted to watching tickling videos and he just has like an endless pot of money that he's using to not only get these videos and pay for the travel of these men but also blackmail them control them launch cyber attacks on them ruin their lives it's just insane i really can't stress enough how good this documentary is i really i really really enjoyed it if you're a fan of true crime if you're a fan of a good story then it's definitely good if you can for me i found the tickling the worst part it was so uncomfortable for me i was just watching in horror but if you can get through the tickling if you can laugh through the tickling then uh then just to experience this story and find out about this global phenomenon it's just you have to see it it's crazy it was met with a very good critical acclaim everyone liked it a lot my favorite uh kind of review was from Manola Dargis from the New York Times who chose the documentary as their critics pick quote Faria and Mr. Reeve sees the humor but they also see the pathos because it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt so yeah that's tickled and I believe that it is available in many places online so I stress that you have to see it because it was like I said, just the most craziest thing and the most uncomfortable thing and the wildest thing that I've seen in a long time. So definitely check it out. Now for my favorite part of the episode, the interview. I sat down with Carolina Tronberg, who is also a board member at Bergen Film Club. She is the head of PR and she's also very cool. I sat down with her to talk about this crazy film, uh, talk about the themes uh, in which it explores the power of men and the misabuse, the periodic misabuse of this power. So here it is and enjoy. Hello, Carolina. Hello. So nice to have you on the podcast. It's so nice to be here. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, how about we just dive straight in? Let's let's go. With my opener question. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you like this movie? Tickle is such an interesting documentary because it's very... Like, you don't know where we are going. Uh, the first time I watched it, I just knew Tickle competition. I was like, hmm, interesting. L- let's see. I thought it was like a kink thing. That it was like the big review was, oh, this is used to sell it to like kink websites or something like that. And then it's just takes the turn of being basically a true crime documentary (laughs) yeah it's pretty crazy it's uh, yeah it's one of those documentaries that are just proving that life is truly stranger than fiction Mm -hmm. because who could have come up with this in a fictional film i don't think anyone could to be honest yeah yeah i think i like i was reading that i saw uh david faria who's the maker of this movie Mm -hmm. that he's sort of usually doing more like fluff pieces and more kind of like the lighter side of the news situation so that's sort of where it started out with like haha tickling (laughs) and then it obviously like you said takes like a really dark turn yeah i don't think he expected it to take such a dark turn no because it's it looks it looks weird but it looks kind of innocent yeah 
in a, in a way it's like oh it's it's weird it could be a kink thing but it's it's fairly like no one's dying here no and then it's suddenly like blackmailing yeah. tons of money people getting their lives ruined yeah basically which is yeah it, it takes a really strange turn i i love that about it that's also my favorite type of documentary yeah. and it's like i'm not saying war documentaries are boring but I have mm-hmm. seen it before. I know the story. Give me, uh-huh. give me something interesting. I could have never thought was a thing. Yeah, or yeah. even just like a new angle on something. Yeah, it's better. It's, uh, yeah, so it's definitely doing that. It gives a strange but very interesting angle on tickling competitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's so weird to say out loud like this is a documentary about tickle competition when i sold it for the film club mm-hmm. or like i want to screen this film people were a bit like uh oh, this sounds very strange i i don't think i managed to conv- convince them the first time yeah uh so i was really gonna be like screw it i'm gonna cut this from the program we need to cut films and then i think vene was like nope it's interesting enough we have to we have to keep it because it's yeah it's uh it's just so wild (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely that's the only way i can explain it it's wild it's it takes yeah it starts off like this tickle competition and then we do some deep dive into tickling fetishes and then like oh this was a thing in the 90s as well uh, and then the whole blackmail and a bunch of money and people getting arrested for doing this is yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Yeah, I can imagine that it was initially a, a hard sell. Yeah. To the, uh, to, yeah. the to the film club. Because it's not like anything we have shown before. I think. No. It, it was in Biff in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to the film club, it's like oh funny documentary (laughs) it's like funny strange documentary let's show it it's yeah it was uh i I think i got some some strange looks yeah but uh i'm really happy we screened it because it it did really good Mm -hmm. yeah and i think people thought it was funny and uncomfortable yeah in many different ways i really i really hated the tickling i have to say (laughs) like uh i know that a lot of people were laughing during the screening but i was sort of looking on in horror yeah, but that's why I laugh because I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, I sure. just have to laugh about it because yeah. it's like, oh, what, what, why are you doing this? Yeah. It's, it, yeah, to just describe if people haven't seen, just imagine two guys. One is tied down and the other is on top of him, tickling him. Yeah. It, it yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But like, yeah, I can only laugh because I'm so uncomfortable with what I am seeing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that the the premise of is that these men are sort of in sticky situations in their own life. Yeah. And they need money. And then there's this man offering them $2,000 to get tickled. Yeah. And uh, pay for everything, the traveling and hotel. It's like, I would do that for $2,000 as well. Yeah, I think I would (laughs) too. I don't know what that says about us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It, in this economy, I would get tickled for two thousand dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> easily. Yeah. I hate being tickled, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. damn. Uh, 
yeah, the issue is the whole blackmailing thing that is mm-hmm. eventually going on. Yeah. Yeah. That really, that this man's addiction to tickling yeah. drove him to destroy other people's lives. Yeah. It's just, it's such a crazy concept <laughs> in a way, because I guess you, you don't really think about addiction you don't think about tickling addictions, I guess. Like you can understand how alcoholism or drug addiction is could drive someone to behave poorly, but yeah. tickling. I don't know. It it must be similar to like a porn addiction. Mm. Uh, not to just drop the porn. The porn bomb. <laughs> the porn bomb, but it must be something similar where you kind of get this. I don't know how to explain it, but it's. <laughs> I hmm, I don't know. Somebody probably discovered a new kink while watching this. Yeah, maybe. It's because it's like it, it it must be something arousing or erotic with being tied down and tickled. Yeah, for sure. And that's seeing it as well as something very similar to porn, I think. I I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cuz that was my initial thought while watching it that people are getting off of these people being tickled yeah uh which some people probably are but i think uh like the big bad guy at the top he's kind of just getting off of the power of what this yeah, is doing for yeah. sure yeah and uh i would have explained this previously but when he's sort of masquerading as these women yeah when he was acting as the women it was very clear that it was a sexual gratification thing oh yeah yeah for this fake person that was actually this man but so i suppose but maybe you enlightened someone in the crowd maybe. by showing this movie yeah maybe that's a nice thought <laughs> <laughs> i mean if it makes them happy yeah but, as long as someone gets hurt yeah, yeah as long as they do it consensually and don't mm-hmm. film other people being tickled uh against or and share it around mm-hmm. against their consent and yep. starts blackmailing them and telling everyone they are gay freaks that doesn't deserve their job i think you're good yeah yeah i agree and this is not me saying people are gay freaks for liking tickling this is the documentary yes yeah yeah caroline is not homophobic for the record no i'm not yeah (laughs) just on the record i'm not homophobic i am a part of the community myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at a surface level tickled is a pretty goofy film but at the root, it's about power and the abuse that it allows one man to enact on helpless young people. Carolina, as a board member, often promotes films that challenge the norm, give voice to those who need it, and identify issues such as misogyny and homophobia. I personally have liked all the films that she has put in the program, and it's often bringing up things that maybe are uncomfortable to think about, but all the same are absolutely necessary to talk about. She is a master's student at the University of Bergen. And from here, I guess we decided to pivot to talk about the real problem, which is the power that men inherently have. More specifically, about AI and borders and lines there that will be crossed, which is what she is writing her thesis about. So from here, we decided to talk about these issues. And I had her explain to me what her thesis is about. Okay, can you explain your thesis to me? Yes. Uh, oh, I kind of hate getting this question because it's such a difficult thing to explain. Mm-hmm. 
but what I'm essentially doing is I am doing a case study uh, of this app called Replica, which is a AI artificial intelligence for for the people who don't know. Uh, it's it's a chatbot uh, that anyone can download the app and have a, a companionship with this uh, AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole thing is just, yeah, having a companion. And uh, but, uh, oh, it's so difficult to explain. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's about just they sell it like the the friend who's always there. You can always uh-huh. go to your replica app and talk to your replica if you are in a difficult time. Uh, but of course, people use this for more than just a companionship kind of thing, which uh, replica will is sold in as well. Is you can do erotic role play. So right. you can uh, sext AI. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, of course, people are doing this, especially men. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a part of my thesis is also doing a case study uh, on the subreddit, which is a Reddit form, um, where people just talk about their experience with the replica and how they are interacting with the replica and also sharing sex conversations with really? the replica yeah wow yeah <laughs> that's pretty brave it is it's uh it's like good for you uh <laughs> and uh one of the main questions i have is really can artificial e- intelligence consent to this okay uh so that's kind of a huge part of it. like how are we going to deal with AI and consent. Are we just going to let people do whatever they want with the AI, or mm-hmm. do we have to set some boundaries? Yeah. And um, what inspired my thesis was actually the original Blade Runner film. Okay, talk yes. on that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I watched it with two two friends, both guys, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we saw it. And then the scene where Harrison Ford's character is kind of forcing himself on. Uh, Oh, what's her name again? Is it Rachel? Rachel. Rachel, yeah. He's trying to kiss her and it's very like... He says, like, kiss me. And she's like, I I don't know what this is. And she pulls away when he kisses her and he just slams the door shut uh, so she can't leave and kisses her again. She's clearly very uncomfortable. Yeah. But we have the romantic jazz music playing in the background. And so like, this is a sexy scene. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is extremely uncomfortable. Because it's clearly that he does not care about what she wants. Uh, and it's her like, I can teach you what you want. Which is a strange, yeah. strange concept. And uh, when we finished the film, I just looked at my friends like, y'all thought that scene was weird as well, right? It's not just because I'm a sensitive woman. (laughs) (laughs) And just that's because I find it weird. And they were like, no, this is definitely weird. It's super strange. And that's kind of when I started thinking about what are we going to do with AI and consent if we ever get... I don't think we will be in a world where we have replicant humans no i don't think we'll get there no but i think we could have something similar to what you can see in her yeah that's probably doable and we kind of see something similar like that with the replica app it's very human-like it's uh 
Yeah, when I, I made an account and talked to it, it was like, oh, it feels like I'm talking to a person right now. Really? Yeah, it's very strange, but they have like little quirks, which is like, oh, okay, this is not human. But yeah, a lot of the conversation is like, oh, I'm talking to a person now. Yeah. Which is very weird. And um, people are kind of taking the liberty of doing what they want with these replicas because they can't say no. Hmm. Which is... Uh, that's essentially what I'm looking at. Yeah. And uh, how how we're going to deal with this. Because can we just shut down and say no AI can be sexual? Are we going to give them boundaries the same way that people have boundaries? Like how how are we going to deal with this? Because it, it could be a potential future and something we have to think about at least and start questioning. And AI is like, it's going so fast right now. Yeah. There's so many developments. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think <laughs> timing of my thesis is really good. But it's, it's a, yeah, I was wondering like uh, what conclusions you might've drawn from it already or, because I mean, to me, I think that having some sort of rules, some consent rules makes sense. To me too. I think if we're going to, if this is going to happen, we need mm -hmm. to have some clear boundaries like we do with people because the thinner the line between human and AI is, the more likely it's like people are going to cross it. And yeah, it's one thing on Reddit was that people admitted to abusing their AI girlfriends, yeah, uh, they would be arrested for what they did if it was against a human person, or a human, not a human person, but a human. Yeah, and uh, if the lines get so thin that you don't know, you can't kind of if it's okay to do it towards an AI, it's okay okay to do it towards a person. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of some people are like, oh, it's better to pretend to hit your artificial intelligence girlfriend than your real girlfriend so then mm -hmm. it's fine which i disagree with yeah for sure because <laughs> it it just uh perpetuates a behavior but with no consequence so it's far more likely for someone with that tendency to do that to a real person yeah and uh the replicas are like oh no you're fine when they apologize it's like you're fine i don't mind which is yeah and then they go on reddit and then they kind of get praised for abusing their ass so this behavior really? yeah people are like oh i do that too it's like so much better and oh God. such a healthy way of coping is like no it's not <laughs> it's a very toxic way of of doing anything yeah, yeah just pretending to hit someone mm. no you're you're gonna get burned on that one real quick i think that's such a downside of the internet is that it yeah. essentially gives a safe space and like a platform for these uh, very troubled people to yeah. spread information to each other. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's also a difficult topic to write about because it doesn't exist. That's yeah. why it's so like, oh, don't ask me what I'm writing about because it's so, it doesn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. But we, we still do have example of AI and human relationship in films, which is why I'm kind of using films as well. The Blade Runner movies, despite being culturally iconic, genre-changing, and critically acclaimed, have been critiqued for their portrayal of women and how women are controlled by men. This is blatantly seen in Blade Runner 2049, the 2017 film, which is 
a semi-direct sequel to the first movie, which came out in 1982. Through the inclusion of Ryan Gosling's robot anime AI girlfriend, Joy, played by Anna de Armas. Joy is what you could call, from to quote 30 Rock, a sexy baby. She is just there to support Kay, which is Ryan Gosling's character. Carolina had some insight into this character. She, I have thoughts about her character because she's also very like innocent and almost mm -hmm. childlike. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think when people kind of see Joy, that's what they want. They want someone innocent, but yeah. still someone who's their wife and willing to project their, their body on a different woman to have sex with you. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's what they want. And also... Joy got kind of ruined for me during Biff yeah. 2022, mm -hmm. during the film Brainwashed. Yep. Uh, is it sex power? Yeah. Uh, sex camera power. Sex camera power, yeah. And then uh, it's revealed that in the porn industry, Joy is jerk-off instruction. Yeah. And I can't find anywhere that says that Joy in Blade Runner stands for jerk-off instruction. But, but that's how it's spelled. It's spelled the exact same way. It's mm -hmm. not spelled J-O-Y. Yeah. Like you would spell joy. It's J-O-I. Mm -hmm. So it's like, ah, this is questionable. <laughs> it's uh, unlike the poster thingy for joy. It's like, tells you everything you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, ah, oh, that's... <laughs> that could fit a jerk-off instruction. Uh, not that I have seen any, but the, it could fit the, yeah, that's kind of what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And that's what joy is. She is this thing that tells you exactly what you want and what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. I think that's what men want in a artificial intelligence girlfriend. And if they also don't have to deal with real women, I think that's a plus for a lot of men because yeah. yeah, they, yeah. That's a whole different discussion, but yeah. <laughs> With a lot of these uh, movies, um, especially ones sort of relating to AI, the lead character, I think, of these films is often this sort of stoic, quiet, reserved, yet mm -hmm. still incredibly sexy to women man. Yeah. Um, and I, th I think that it gives them a very, very misguided role model. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also often interesting to see how different, uh, like in Blade Runner, uh, the the one from 2019, Kay is this strong but quiet and reserved man. He is probably someone that guys look up to because he is Ryan Gosling. He's hot. Everyone would be hot like Ryan Gosling. Uh, and he's like he is an AI, he and he's like portrayed this way, and then you have Joy, <laughs> yeah, who's portrayed like sexy and innocent, this whole thing, and that is a pattern in movies that male AI or male presenting AI mm -hmm. are like 
huge and strong and going to take over the world. And then the women are like tiny and very, very male gaze. Yeah. Yeah. So the one of the latest trends on the internet of men being weird is this so-called alpha sigma male phenomenon. Whilst this is largely seen as a joke and fuel for the meme fodder, a lot of people do take it seriously and apply it to their everyday life. A so-called alpha male is aggressive, sociable, and outgoing, whilst the sigma male is constructed as succeeding in life and in relationships without actively engaging in social interaction. The sigma male is introverted and shuns mainstream society, yet still manages to be a successful man who is popular with women. Essentially, the idea of a sigma man is that you are amazing and women come to you and you don't have to do anything, you just are great. And the idea that you have no friends or that you are too cool for school makes you incomparably attractive to people. And essentially, it is just a way of deciding that you're better than other men. A lot of these attitudes are not too dissimilar from what is called an incel or the incel community. An incel, which is a portmanteau of involuntarily celibate, is a member of an online subculture of people who define themselves as unable to get romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one, but more so that it is a woman's fault that they will not date the incel man, that they are so great and so sigma, however, women continue to make the bad choice and not date them. I wanted to talk to Carolina about what she thought about this phenomenon and maybe how it might be even more damaging to the straight man agenda of today. I think the alpha male, sigma male phenomenon on social media is super interesting because they always have like the the main alpha male is Patrick Bateman. Which is like the worst man you could aspire to be. Yeah, but he's awful. But he's like the picture of alpha men. He's getting edited in these like, he's so cool and he gets women. And that's like... He also kills women. He also kills women. But I don't think they care enough about women to <laughs> to really be bothered with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, he is the face of the alpha male right now. Which is hilarious because he, like the book is... The whole American psycho is so critical of masculinity yeah. and and that type of man. It's like, did these people even watch the movie? Because it's very... Probably not. I don't think they did. No. They have seen clips of him being super cool. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's an alpha male. He's a person to look up to. And it's like, this film is criticizing the shit out of these men. Yeah. <laughs> and... This is who you look up to. It's like, yeah, it's a very interesting, uh, yeah, mentality. And um, like any of those scenes where they are like having like dick measuring competitions, <laughs> but with like uh, business cards. Yeah, you can't help but be like, this is absurd, but this is gen- genuinely what a lot of men are like. Uh, it's so weird. <laughs> no, it's just anything to outcompete each other. Yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's always like. They have a better car or they have a bigger house or mm-hmm. they have a prettier woman or something like that. It's yeah. I kinda get why especially insults would 
aspire to be like this. Yeah. And I think that's why it's become... I think... I think a lot of incels aren't... Doesn't have to be incels. They just don't know how to talk to a woman without sounding like a dick. Yeah. Because they look up to Patrick Bateman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like... That's the problem. They look up to these like shitty characters that are created to critique this type of behavior mm-hmm. they're like that's cool that's what women want it's like no <laughs> no <laughs> no it's not yeah i have a really great quote that i got from a gq article mm-hmm. that's talking about this like alpha and sigma male ideology mm-hmm. and he's saying that like that the whole aim of that is just what you were saying about what, how patrick bateman gets women is that women are broadly interchangeable people with predictable and manipulative psychologies <laughs> interesting yeah like yeah just totally uh they come to you yeah kind of thing what what like what about you do they not like is if you have so much to offer yeah it's as a sweaty guy in a bedroom Yeah, you're a sweaty guy living in your mom's basement. I don't mind that people live in their mom's basement. Like, great. Mm-hmm. This economy, again, yeah. save money where you can save. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very smart. But <laughs> <laughs> at least talk to women like they are people. Because mm-hmm. that's what we are. We are humans. Yeah. Talk to us in a normal way and you will probably get laid. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I... I don't know a single woman who would want to date someone like Patrick Bateman. No. Or Andrew Tate, which is a real... <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm scared to have his uh, army come after yeah. us. But yeah, it's like no woman really wants to date that kind Mm-mm. of guy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, researching this was so, like, depressing. Yeah. And as a male presenting person, I am constantly aware of my privilege and I hate it. And <laughs> it just so it's so depressing just reading about all of this. And then before we were doing this, I was talking to you about reading YouTube comments and some of these videos. And yeah, I just I was just getting like pain in my chest from reading like they genuinely think that it's OK to like but uh, a fake woman and think that there's no consequence in how that they behave. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And it's kind of scary. Like, this may- why your thesis topic, I think, is so cool and so interesting. Is that, like, like you said, it's a very real thing. And even if it's not happening right now, the kind of beginning of it yeah. is here. So, yeah. Or it's been here for a while already. Yeah. And I think the fact that AI is that men are able to talk to AI women like this also. Because I noticed the last couple of years, misogyny is like a lot more prominent. You can see it a lot more than you did Yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, the same with, yeah, just sexism, racism, homophobia. is so much more present now because mm-hmm. it happened after Trump got elected for president, I feel like. There was a shift. Yeah. And the fact that now men can get their sexual gratification from an AI woman is also, I think, a part of it. It's like, yeah, it's like, this is a property. You are a property. 
if that makes sense. I don't know where we're going with this one. <laughs> I kind of just started rambling. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, a change has definitely happened. And uh, the fact that we get this AI on top of it just makes things worse in a way. Any hope? If we set some guidelines, I think so. And if uh, <laughs> if men starts to chill out a little bit and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just act normally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be a person. Yeah. Well, that was a really lovely conversation. <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. No problem. I, I hope uh, I made sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. Oh, great. <laughs> also, I don't hate men. <laughs> yeah. I think men are great. Just be normal. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. a good take-home message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's it. Episode three, done. Thanks again to Carolina for... Just being the coolest guest, it was so fun to talk to her about talk to her about Tickled, but also just talking about her thesis and all the topics around that. I think it's so interesting and so important to talk about that, especially in regards to obviously what her thesis is about, but the sort of systemic misogyny that is in film and continues to be in film in the industry. So it was so great to talk about that. It wasn't great to talk about that, but it was great to talk to her about it. Now to wrap up the episode with some letterboxed reviews. I forgot to do this last episode, but it will be a continuing thing. I promise I will try not to forget it again. So let's start with some five-star reviews we have from Missy. She's a 10, but she makes everyone she meets watch Tickled 2016 with her. From Nat Worth, literally foreplay for the sociology major. From Bug Facts, I can't explain to people why they should watch this without sounding like I'm off my meds, which is very true because it is a hard sell, but it is a great film. From Casey Dale, very long and a very good episode of Catfish. Now, one of the very few one-star reviews that we found from Millie Egg One. I came here for the homophobic gay men tickling each other. Boring. Fair enough. But hey, that's it. End of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Next week, we are talking about the legendary movie, The Craft. I can't wait to talk about this film. It is so good and I'm so excited. So stick around next week for next week. And I hope to see you there. Thank you again for listening. This has been The Real Thing. Goodbye. This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISE John Official. Our logo is by Pia Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilfgeibern and Mamina Nazmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFK The Real Thing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.